24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils joining the show this week as ever we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay, mate? How's your week been, mate? Very good, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Disappointing result on Friday, but I got to go and interview Adrian Morley yesterday, so that was quite a nice day off. Yeah, <laughs> my rest day from work, so I got to go and do that, so I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, not a lot else really, mate. Just looking forward to the game on Sunday now against Catalana. After the disappointment against Lee, we just want to put things right, don't we, and get back uh, back on the winning road. Yeah, did Adrian have much to say for himself? Yeah, he did. Well, we'll probably talk about it after when we talk about this, the news and that. But yeah, it was for the supporters trust. They wanted a bit of PR doing, and uh, I don't know why they asked me, but they just wanted an interview doing uh, so they could, uh, you know, promote this 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 sportsman's dinner that they're doing. And I jumped at the chance to go and speak to Adrian Morley. I was very nervous, Rob. I mean. All sort of Sunday, I was I was thinking about it, and uh, I'd spoke to him on the phone. But he's he's a, he was a great player, Adrian Marley, wasn't he? And a great character as well. He's still a big guy. He he just looks a bit scary, but when you actually talk to him, he's such a lovely bloke, really nice guy. And I was in awe of him, mate. You know, just talking about his career and you know what what you know his wonderful stories. And I said to him, "Don't tell me all your stories because you've got to save them for the sportsman's dinner." But yeah, I really really enjoyed it, and uh, I just hope everybody enjoys the night in June. But we'll, like, we'll advertise that afterwards. Yeah, it's going to be a great night. That make sure you get your tickets. Um, lots going on this week's show, Paul. Uh, we've got the news coming out of Salford Red Devils. We've got the obviously the match report after the defeat against Lee in the Challenge Cup on Friday. We spoke to Lamatazzi and Craig Copjack uh, after the game, as well as well as Ian Watson to see see what his feelings were about the defeat. You've got your uh, amateur report where we talk about our local amateur sides and their fixtures and results uh, for this week, and then we're going to finish with the uh, the Catalan Magic Weekend special. Yeah, certainly good show lined up, mate. Yeah. So what we'll do, we'll uh, we'll start with the uh, the game against uh, Lee on Friday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Red Devils were defeated and dumped out the Challenge Cup by Lean Centurions on Friday night. They went down 22 points to 10, Paul. Big defeat. Obviously, a lot of fans like us were, were hoping for a cup run, uh, but unfortunately, it's not going to happen this year. Yeah, it was a funny one, Robert. Going to the game on, on Friday night, we expected to win, I think, really, but I had a bit of a funny feeling in the daytime. I looked at Lee's squad and they've got a Super League set up there really at the Lee Sports Village and, and credit to them they, they come out and they played really well I thought for the first 10 minutes we dominated the game but all credit to Lee obviously from a Salford perspective it was a poor performance and Ian was, was disappointed as were all the supporters but can't take anything away from Lee I thought they, they did a good job on us they, play, they played well that doesn't take anything away from our, our disappointment I don't want to keep labouring the point but we were we was very poor but credit to Lee they've got Leeds in the next round and we wish them all the best in that but big thanks for Mike Laver he sorted us out we, you know, we've uh, 
with a good night, a good night there at Lee, didn't he? And I spoke to him after the game. He was really pleased. He's one of the, the nice men in rugby league and uh, Lee's chairman. And like I said, they've got a really good setup, some good players, good backroom staff. And you know, I wouldn't say I was a, a Lee supporter, but you know, they're a side I look out for, and I hope they do well for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's our kind of local derby. But Mike Laven is a really nice bloke, isn't he? and he's yeah. rugby league to the core as well. He's he's very passionate about. It. We spoke to him, didn't we, on a podcast last season uh, about uh, the Challenge Cup and and Salford and Lee and you know he kind of oozes that kind of like uh, rugby league feeling and it. it's great having him uh, in charge of, of Lee and, and running the show because he's, he's in safe hands there I think Yeah certainly I listened to him on Talk Sport actually last week he was on their um, I think it was their Thursday night show and he was talking about the Challenge Cup and about Salford and did a preview and he more or less said Salford but his, his second Harry's uh, second side and he you know all the history of Salford, and he used to go in on the Friday nights at the Willows, and that. So he's got he's got rugby league at, at heart. And I was even though I was, I was gutted we lost the game. Speaking to Mike after the game, seeing how pleased he was, it sort of uh, cushioned the blow. But going back to Salford, let's not uh, they're not they're not <laughs> it's like getting a Lee loving this. They, they're not they're not getting it. Well, the Salford think they've got away with it, but no, it was like we said before, disappointing. I mean. I said to Ian, where did things go wrong? Because me and you were there, weren't we? And we, we watched the game. And the, for the first 10 minutes, we looked like we was going to pummel Lee. We got those those two tries. Lee made a mistake from the kickoff. We, we went 10-0 up. And after that, we seemed to just implode, Rob. Yeah, I, I, that's a fair assessment, uh, Paul. Obviously, looking at the side, no uh, Rob Louie. Uh, they started with Evels at fullback, Del Olferts on the wing, Chris Wellham, Junior Sal, Greg Johnson, Jake Shorrocks, Jack Littlejohn, Ben Nakamboi, Logan Tompkins, Lee Mossop, Weller Racket, and at loose foul was George Griffin on the bench uh, for Salford was Josh Wood, Lamataza, Tyro McCarthy, and Craig Copjack. Yeah, first ten minutes, you know, we looked like we we're in we're in in the business, weren't we? We were playing some good rugby, got into the lead, and then for me, did he, do you think they took the foot off, off the gas at that point? Because obviously letting Lee back in um, was a bit of a problem. It, what, that try that Lee scored, the first one from Ben Reynolds, 16th minute try there, it was their fullback that Peter Matauti I thought was excellent and, and we didn't seem to lay a finger on him. He just seemed to boss the show. He ran sideways there and offloaded to Reynolds and Reynolds scored. The Harrison Hansen try, I mean, I must say Harrison Hansen, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was one of the best performances I've seen from him. Um, and he scored their second try. It was mistakes though, Rob. We, we couldn't seem to get out of our half, could we? I know the completion rate in the second half was awful, wasn't it, as Ian alluded to, but in the first half, it was the same mistakes were, were, were aplenty. Um, for, on a whole, the defence, we you couldn't criticise the defence, really. I mean, we had a lot of defending to do, and we, we did quite a bit of defending, but with ball in hand, our completion rate was poor. Kicking game was very, very predictable. We were really predictable going forward. Uh, Jack Little, John and Jake Shorrocks, it didn't seem to work. It didn't seem to click. When the ball went out wide, Lee looked really sharp when the ball went out wide to their, their sort of three quarters. Craig Hall and uh, the, the lad on the wing there, Matty Dawson. Jones is called now. I presume he's got married, as you something. He's got a double-barrel name now, but he played really well. Ben Crooks, Jack Owens, they seem to have that in the fullback as well, as I mentioned, that Peter Matauti had an excellent game for them. And yeah, the game just seemed to turn on its head. And when they got that try in the second half and went eight points clear, you, you couldn't really see us come back because we never looked like scoring. No, not at all, Paul. And they, they grew into the game, didn't they? And we didn't seem to be able to sort of match them in, in many departments. Like you said, a lot of turnover ball. Um, defensively, we, we stood up to that obviously because Lee had a lot of ball and we didn't but you shouldn't if you're turning over ball like that and even especially, even the turnovers weren't they were all like around the play the ball weren't they and certain silly knock-ons and things like that that you know builds pressure on your own side and especially in a cup game away from home you want to try and diffuse pressure rather than build pressure and uh, unfortunately Salford did we built a lot of pressure on ourselves and we you know we folded in the end 
We look very disjointed as well, I thought, Robin. We, we seem to lack a leader on the pitch. Last season, we had Michael Dobson, who used to G the players up and, 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 and drag them around the park. If you go back years ago, you had guys like Malcolm Alker, who used to lead you around. And we didn't seem to have that, that leader behind the sticks, you know, rollicking the players. And you've got Mark Flanagan there, Lee Mossop and Wellerakis, who's this like, sort of captain's duo. And to me, not one of them... Was, was G and the players on and, and, and you've got to do that you've got to lead them and, and we seem to be lacking that on the pitch at the moment and I don't know what the answer is but uh, but we need to change it round quickly because you've got games coming up now that are pivotal against Catalan and Huddersfield our next two fixtures and if we're to lose both these you're staring down the barrel of this bottom four so we need to nip this in the bud really and, and, and start performing yeah, like you said, it's you've said many times on this podcast, winning becomes a habit, winning and losing. And you know, if we if we have lost, you know, a couple of games on the on the run there, and we we kind of need to to get back to winning ways because obviously being in the top eight at the moment, um, you know, the teams below us are have got new coaches or, or you know start picking up points. We're going to be you know in a bit of bother, and you know we're hoping that we'll be able to pick up points points against the teams around us like the likes of Catalan and Huddersfield and Widnes to keep us out. But you still you've still got to win, you know look at winning your own games and nicking the odd one away to, to get in the eight. I think we've got a lot of winnable games, Rob. I looked at the fixtures the other day, but I'm not one of these people who picks games and goes through fixtures and goes, we'll win that one, we'll win this one, we'll win that. I mean, we're watching Salford sometimes. It's a bit like the old tales of the unexpected. You don't know what's going to happen, do you? I mean, it was like that on Friday night. Everyone sort of said, oh yeah, we'll beat Lee, but you can't take anybody for granted, Rob. Not in the Super League, I think. Look at Catalan's form recently. They beat Hull, had an excellent win against Hull at home. They went to St. Helens a couple of weeks ago. I think it was a week before the Challenge Cup. They they, they didn't get hammered. They, they, it was a close game. They beat Whitehaven in the Cup last week. No disrespect to Whitehaven, but you know it's a result. It's a win. And like you said, winning is a habit. And for me now, it's confidence with Salford. What's our confidence going to be like going into this game against Catalan? I mean, you've had you've had three disappointing games you know 60 points at home to say 12 man St Helens let's have it right they had 12 men for long periods of that game 30 points to nil drubbing it at Wigan um, and then this defeat at Lee we really need to turn things around because like you said you get on that losing run it's hard to turn around but we have got the quality of player to see us out of that I feel because obviously the forwards are very big and they make good metres um, your backs you know Johnson um, Naya Levels the, Junior South, the strike the strike players out wide. It's just a matter, I think, of, of, of blending the, the forwards and, and the backs and, and making the magic happen. And obviously, without Rob Louis the last few weeks, it's, it's been a bit of a, a been a bit of a problem. You mentioned it there about the forwards. I don't think the forwards is, is an issue, Rob. I think we've missed Chris Bryan in this season, but that's another story. But you mentioned the backs. Yeah, I, th- I think we lack a bit of quality in the three quarters, but. One thing that, that links your backs and your forwards together or, or links your backs together and creates your chances of your half-backs. And to me, that's where we're struggling. We are a totally different side without Robert Louis. I know we won that match against Wakefield without him in the second half, but Jack Littlejohn and, and, and Jake Shorts, they've both struggled. And I don't know whether it was a confidence thing or what, but they, they struggled in that game against Lee. The kicking game was poor. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. It's just not working out at the moment. And whether Ian's going to change things around, we're hoping Robert Louis is going to be back this weekend for uh, the, for the Catalan game, and we can start getting back to normal because we rely a lot on Robert Louis. Yeah, I think the thing with with Shorrocks and and um, Little John, they're both kind of sort of halfbacks that will kind of get you around the field, get you around the, the you know get you through the sets. But for me, obviously, with Robert Louis adds the adds the magic. And last season we had Rob Louis and we had uh, Todd Carney. And then we had Michael Dobson, who was the man who went around the field. Obviously, Todd Carney and Michael Dobson both both departed, and you brought uh, Little John in, and obviously Jake Shorrocks both kind of like that 
get around the field kind of halfback rather than the halfback's going to make the magic happen. And when you lose Rob Lewis through injury, when you've got both halfbacks who, who, who for me, I haven't got that kind of creativity, you know, creativity um, it becomes a problem. Um, but you're hoping Rob Lewis will get fit soon and, and we can we can get back to magic happening. It doesn't help when you sell Gareth O'Brien midway through a season as well because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not blaming anybody for that, but he's another creator, Rob, isn't he? So you've lost pivotal creative players and when you've not got those in your side what you're relying on then you're relying on honest endeavour and we've got plenty of that we've got plenty of honest endeavour we had loads of that at Wigan but effort and enthusiasm is not going to win your matches at this sort of high level and and that's something that we're lacking at the moment but you know without being too downhearted um, we've proved this season we can get results we've had some good results in, in, in our home farm and I'm confident we can go to, to Catalan you know the Catalan game I'm expecting a reaction I mean if you listen to the Ian Watson interview after he was absolutely fuming we'll talk to that about that in a bit but yeah he was absolutely fuming. I felt like a naughty boy waiting waiting for him when we stood waiting for him it was like a, going into a school exam or something like we aged for that we sat there for like four hours we'll come to that we'll come to that afterwards but yeah, but yeah I'm expecting a, a reaction definitely this Sunday yeah so obviously talking about reaction we spoke to Craig Copjack and Lamataze after the game against Lee and this is what they had to say so enjoying by Lamataze tough defeat that yeah very tough you know um, you know we never got a result here and obviously first round of the Challenge Cup is disappointing yeah obviously 10-0 up in, the, in that first in the first sort of 10 minutes and it kind of drifted away from us a lot to learn from that yeah for sure just we're just killing ourselves with errors and penalties all the time and we can't keep doing this week in week out um, it's going to cost us in the big games like we saw tonight yeah chance to uh, put it right though Catalan Dragons in the Magic Weekend next week um, hopefully fired up ready to win that one yeah for sure it's a must win for us this Sunday and we'll just take it week by week from here on then cheers big thanks to us in the demo the detail so I'm joined by Craig Copjack tough, tough defeat that yeah very tough man um, you know the Challenge Cup's a special competition and uh, anything can happen and tonight we were just on the end of a you know a very good lead side obviously looking back at the game sort of 10 minutes in we were we were 10 points up and it all kind of fell apart there what do you think went wrong uh, I'm not really sure to be honest I'll have to look back on the video but yeah we got off to a great start um, and I just I think the turning point was I know it was a last player penalty and I think from then onwards it just kind of went downhill but you know, we tried to address things at half time and we came out and the second half we just can't afford to do so many penalties and errors and you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, if we're completing at forty percent, you're not you're not gonna win anybody. Yeah, chance to put it right though, Magic Weekend next week against Catalan Dragons. Fired up for that. Yeah, definitely now. That's what the focus is now, you know. We're making that, that top top eight and, you know, real focus on on the league now. So you know, you know, spirits are down, like, but you know, we've got to move on quickly and, and, and focus now on on, on Catalan. Yeah, early in the week though, you, you announced that you retired from international rugby league to concentrate on on playing for Salford. Obviously, done a lot for Wales, being the captain and and you know leading them on. Uh, but that's a great chapter of your of your career, uh, which you can look back on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I've had a fantastic ten plus years, you know, at, at Wales, and you know, it's now time for someone else to take over the for the leadership and. You know that's me. Now I'm looking forward to just a, you know knuckling down and, and you know my playing career now and you know, as prolonged that as, as long as I can and you know enjoy my time at Salford. Cheers. Big thanks. Talk to us on the devil in the detail. So that was Craig Cropjack and Lamatazzi talking to us after the game, and both players seem you know gutted about the result. Understandable, Rob. I'm glad you interviewed him and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they they bound to be. It was a disappointing night and. I know people I've read 
bits of stuff what people have said this week on on the, the Twitter and things like that about now we can concentrate on the league. Yeah, that, that's I mean, you said it tonight on the sports zone, haven't you? And to me, yeah, that's that's the the bonus, but it's an unwanted bonus, really. And you want to go as far as you can in the in the Challenge Cup and. To lose to a side, no disrespect to Lee, but to lose to a championship side, it's, it's it bruises the the players, doesn't it? it? Bruises their egos. I mean, they didn't want to go there and get beat in that game, and the players don't want to lose any game. They go into every game trying to win the match, don't they? And and that, that's a that's a blow to the confidence. And and you could tell when the players came out from the, the dressing rooms on Friday, they were all very disappointed. Ian was disappointed, and just want to put it behind him and move on. Yeah, it was a kind of a, it's kind of a sickness, really, Paul. But you know, Ian Watson, I think, given the opportunity now. With obviously the squall, the small squad he's got, and the injuries mounting up, he, you know, a couple of weeks down the line, with a spare wheel, that'll be a godsend for him, I think. Well, yeah, you'll get that two-week break now, won't you? When it's the quarterfinals, they'll, they'll get a week off there and, and be able to, to rest, rest the players and, and come back refreshed. It'll be like a sort of mini-season break, I suppose. And when you've got a small squad like us, that's you know, it's, a, it's a bit of a godsend, like you say. So. So yeah, that you've got to put a positive spin on it. Now there's no point in moaning about it. we're out of the out of the challenge cup and we've we've just got to move on from that. And there's still a lot to play for this season. There's still an awful lot to play for. I mean, if you go back, if you rewind a few weeks when we beat Wakefield, Ian Watson was the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. Everyone was saying, Oh, Salford the seventh and all that and like the weekend. I mean, the the social media went into meltdown, didn't it? And he was getting some real stick wall and I've stuck up for him loads of times and uh, and I will do and I'll challenge anybody that, that questions Ian. And, and the remarkable work that he's done and he's doing it tough at the moment but Ian's a fighter and he'll come out fighting this weekend yeah and I agree with there Paul I think he's doing a great job obviously you know lots of circumstances around him and you know losing players and, and, and all you know Mao and Kukash being before and all that he's gone through a lot hasn't he, in his Salford career and to keep us um, well in the top eight basically two seasons on the spin um, kind of shows you know how, how good he is yeah you know he's having a few problems at the moment. Obviously, with with uh, you know lack of funds or whatever, not being able to get a, you know a, a, any transfers over the line. But you know, hopefully in time that that'll get fixed and he can rebuild his squad. Because obviously he he, bu- he built a squad um, last year that, that got us in the eight, and he was thinking about you know how he can advance that squad. And then obviously circumstances took over, and and that squad was kind of dismantled a little bit. And he's had this you know players like you said, Gaz O'Brien, and and you know other players have departed. Ben Murdoch, Masala, and and he hasn't been able to replace like for like and, and you're going to struggle aren't you uh, even he, even Ian Watson who you know we've got you know great coaches and coaching ability but if you haven't got the players to replace the players that are departing it becomes a problem the way I look at it sometimes if you look at, at Wigan you look at Sean Wayne Daryl Powell at Cass and Brian McDermott at Leeds you put them in a situation where they've had points deducted a big circus off the field players sold behind the bats how would they go on and would they be able to do any better? They're all right at the, the big clubs where they've got the money and things like that to spend. And you, that's when you find out you get tested. And Ian Watson does get tested at, at that level, doesn't he? And he has a lot to put up with. What would Ian be like if he was Wiggins coach or Leeds coach with that, those funds there? I think you finally do an excellent job because, he's a, like we said on Sports on tonight, he's a student of the game. He, he stays behind after matches and he puts so many hours in. And he knows what he's on about. He, you look at the way he's brought us on. Re, re, apart from that, Eight, six point deduction sorry we'd have been in the top eight we'd have been top eight last season and we're going for top eight this season so he's made a lot of progress with us in a short space of time with a lot of stuff to put up with off the field so I think you've just you've got to you've got to stick stick the faith with, with Ian I mean you look at Widness how the stability they've gone through they've brought a lot of youngsters through there Dennis Betts I think has been in charge for eight years now at Widness and it's alright they're not doing so good this season but it's been like a transitional period aren't they but you know Ian, Ian deserves that that respect I think 
Yeah, I think like you say he's he's gone through a lot, and it's just a matter of giving him you know a bit of time, and hopefully you know that that we're still in the we're still in the, in the top eight. Uh, we're still clear of Huddersfield by three points as well, which is which is a good thing. We have still got the gap. Uh, there's still games to go, um, and you know we're still in a health position. If you say to me at the beginning of the season we'd we'd be three points clear in the eight at this point of the season, you snap the hand off. Bottom line. Yeah, of course you would. And just just while we're on it now, so much just. Alarm bells has gone off in my brain, <laughs> right? Do you know, um, like we were saying before about about, about players missing. Michael Dobson went, yeah, uh, retired. Ben Murdoch Masilla's gone, yeah. Gareth O'Brien's gone, yeah. Todd Carney as well. But I mean, I know Todd had a bit of an indifferent season. But you take those three big names, them aren't they? Big players, key players in the spine of the side. Just refer back to Leeds a couple of seasons ago. Kevin Sinfield went. Uh, who else went? There was a few, weren't there? There uh, was Peacock. Peacock and Kylie Lulawai. Yep. Three players that were really pivotal to their side. What happened to them the season after? Dropped off. They dropped off and they, they, they were in that bottom four. They really, really struggled, didn't they? And that, that, with that embarrassment of riches that Brian McDermott had there, they were calling for his head. They ended up in that bottom four and it was like sort of touch and go whether they were going to stay up at one point. Well, I know they came to the four in the, in the mid lakes, but that's what can happen when your spine gets interrupted. You know, with Leeds, they've got a big academy and an A team and all sorts of. of um, What's the word I'm looking for? Resources there, haven't they? Whereas Ian hasn't. And, you know, we're still in the top eight at the moment. So my, my answer is just just lay off Ian a bit. Keep the faith, that's the... So, um, Paul, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game. Uh, and this is what you had to say. Coach's corner. Ian Watson joins me. What Can you put your finger on what, what went wrong tonight, Ian? Just the errors. Too many errors, I think we've completed at, um, what, four sets out of 21 in the second half, which isn't good enough at whatever level you're playing at. What did you say to the players at half-time? It was a fast start, on it 10-0 up, and then you just yeah. seemed to capitulate, didn't you? Completing at 100% in that first 20 ah. minutes, um, and that's what we spoke about half-time about, getting back to kind of completing our sets, making sure a few little things tactically, defensively, but the big key was about holding the ball, completing sets, kind of keeping the tempo high, really, and we just didn't manage to, we didn't do it. What do you think went wrong? Was it just Lee were better? No, were they yeah, better in every department? No, we complete sets, we win the game. You can't do complete four sets out of 21. You're never going to beat anybody. You're never going to beat an amateur team doing that. Will there be changes for next week's game? We'll have to look. We don't have a big squad, do we? So we need to have a little look. But individually, collectively, we need to fix it up. Any guys coming back next week? Robert Louis, was he, was he, was he close yeah, tonight, he was, Robert? He was close, mate. Um, yeah, but it's, no, it's not worth the risk we've been with this size of squad we've got. And, the amount of games we've got coming up, when you think about the games we've got with uh, Catalan, um, Huddersfield, Widnes, Hull, they're having four games are massively important for the club at this moment in time. Disappointed to exit the cup. I know you can sort of concentrate on the league now, but the cup means a lot, doesn't it, to yeah, the supporters no, and the players as well? Yeah, no, it's unacceptable, to be fair, to be kind of be out of the cup, but it's, um, like I say, whether it does us a favour and we can focus on the league, because the big thing is making sure we're getting that top eight, because we don't want to be coming playing teams like Lee and Featherstone and Toronto and Toulouse. Um, when you know they're all going to be up for the kind of the fight there, because if we don't complete our sets, we'll not beat them. What was the main devastation? Yeah, really. Did you give them the rounds of the kitchen? You said it's unacceptable, mate. Well, thanks and for speaking. Players know that. Thanks for speaking to us tonight, Ian, and I'll see you next week at Magic. All right, mate. Yep. Thanks right, for cheers, that. Paul, Coach's corner. So that was Ian Watson quietly seething about, about the defeat, Paul. And you, you could tell. You could tell it hurt. Yeah, well, he did the he did the press stuff and then he went back into the changing room, didn't he? And we waited out, we camped outside about an hour waiting for him to come out and, and we was the only people left in the ground, weren't we? And I think Ian was in that changing room with, with Willie Poach and Martin Gleeson was in there and they was obviously discussing things, weren't they? And, and that shows how much they care, Rob. They really care about the side and he was, he was seething and I didn't really know what to say to him and 
it was that's probably the hardest interview I've ever done, especially with Ian. And um, yeah, he, he he was annoyed, and it's understandable. It was not an acceptable performance, and you know, thanks to Ian for coming to the wicket because I know a lot of coaches probably would have said to us, "No, I'm getting on the bus. See you later." Yeah. So uh, you know, we respect him for coming and speaking to us. Yeah, that was a, that was a big thing for me, even though we thought we were climbing out the climbing out of a window or something. But he did he did come out didn't he and told us you know what what he said, and you know that's a, that's a good sign after a performance like that. He, he wants to come out and and defend. Let's just hope we've got some nice stuff to talk about on <laughs> Sunday at the Magic Weekend because, yeah. uh, like I said to you, on, on Friday I was frightened to death waiting for him because I thought, what what we're going to say here? Was, <laughs> we were like kids, weren't we, waiting for like a, a t- like an Ed Masters to come and shout us in, weren't we? Yeah. Oh, you boys come in, I want to bollock you sort of thing. But <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, he was very honest. And he's always honest. He was honest to the press. I mean, I saw your video that you put on, on the Devil in the Detail page yesterday and, and that was a... It was a funny. It was funny there because there was no press room, was there? We all had to like huddle around like they do at sort of football, didn't we? And, uh, and and listen to what he was saying. And and yeah, he was very honest in his assessment. And he always is. He never sort of cause makes excuses. And he just comes to the wicket and tells us how it is. And let's just hope we've got some better news this Sunday. Yeah, he talk about honesty. He talks about um, you know if they complete like they did against Lee, was it four sets out of twenty one? Yeah. Um, you know the games against the likes of Toronto and Lee and Halifax and. London will be a big struggle and it's important obviously we got this out of our system now rather than in the you know bottom four if we end up in it but hopefully it won't be we'll be in the top eight so it won't be a problem yeah let's hope so Rob let's just hope we can turn it around now because as I said before three defeats on the spin three tough defeats as well disappointing performances I think is the word I'm looking for in the, in the games against St Helens Wigan and Lee that's coming on the back of that great win against Wakefield so I'm sure um, you've got the three word match reports and I don't think they make very good reading to the yeah, I have to get Ryan Wilkinson's bleeping out for it, I think, for a few of these. Um, thanks, anyway, for your big three-word match reports. Man of the matches for the game against Lee. Uh, Chairman Bob, bullied by Lee. Uh, his man of the match was Logan Tompkins. Uh, Paul Foster, dreadful, boring, predictable. His man of the match was Chris Wellham. Um, Paul Bray, clueless again. I'd rather walk alone. Uh, Swinton next season. Uh, Ryan Ashton win, wingers can't catch and his man of the match was, was junior so uh, Graham Jones uh, play your sets I think that's probably the, the big thing out of this game Paul um, you know not the completion rate being solo definitely yeah you're not going to win a game if, you, if you're dropping ball and it was it were a lot of unforced errors wasn't it on, on Friday night at Lee you know errors at the play the ball silly knock-ons but when you're knocking it on in, on the halfway line and deep in your own half you're just standing the initiative to them and making yourself do more spade work aren't you doing the, doing the tackling you're not going to beat anybody doing that and, and Ian said that yeah uh, Mark very poor performance uh, his man of the match was the fans that, that went uh, Matt Gilray need halfbacks and his man of the match was uh, Junior Sour Evels Colin Reynolds embarrassment heartless uh, and his man of the match was Chris Wellham. Um, yeah, a lot of things. A lot of people are quite angry after the after, straight after the game. And you know, I suppose being a Challenge Cup, it's extra extra tough to take. Yeah, I, I think heartless is is a, is, a, is a big word in it to to use. I mean, I wouldn't use that. I, I mean, I know Collins said that, and he might have said that in the moment after the game. But heartless is a strong one. You, you, I mean, I think the effort was there. And I'd never question any player's effort, really, Rob. It's it's an unforgiving sport, isn't it, rugby league? And yeah, it, I don't know. It, it's hard. It's hard reading those three-word match books when it's been a tough performance mm. like that. It's to be honest, they're grafting. They aren't working. Are they're just lacking a bit of bit of spark it's the, and a bit of magic? It's the quality and the creativity that we're lacking, isn't it? Well, that's that's the thing. And obviously, they're running through walls. And but you can all like you said, you graft an effort. 
and commitment to the cause. Workman like at the moment, isn't it? Only gets you so far, yeah. and you need that bit of magic. You need that bit of spark, and it's unfortunately at the moment no Louis, no Patty. But what I think what Colin and the other people there would probably say to you, Rob, and me to that to de- to defend their point is that you've lost to Lee, who were not the best side in the championship, the fifth in the championship. But then again, you can counter that. That was saying, well, they've won ten games on the trot, so perhaps they're in a bit of a false position because they had a really poor start to the season, and now they're on a roll, aren't they? And like we said, it backs up what we said before. Winning becomes a habit. Confidence grows, and Lee looked a side full of confidence, didn't they? On uh, on on Friday night when they all came off there, they were they were absolutely buzzing their players, weren't they? And you know they've got a real find in that fullback, that Peter Metauti. Mm. He looks an excellent player, an excellent find, and uh, I think they're going to do some damage if they can get into that top four. I think they're uh, looking at the league table; they're two points behind London Broncos, which they, who they beat the week before. So they're right up there now, aren't they? Out of that four, though, who drops out if Lee take over? To lose, we I saw to lose against Swinton. They were awful in that game. Who to lose? They won. Yeah, but they were still awful. Were they? Oh, ah, yeah. Second right. half, they were awful. Right. So for for me, if if Lee are going to make that. Um, I think Toronto are nailed on out of their top yeah. and sort of three points clear you've got Featherstone Rovers who played Lee this week and Featherstone have got some decent players uh, I've watched a bit of their game against Hull it was a bit more of a bit of a fisticuff battle wasn't it it was an old fashioned <laughs> game how many players got a Simbin no? like Christmas three, cards three Simbins and yeah. so you've got to lose as well they're going to be difficult to beat in South of France I think London Broncos Lee Centurions you've got four from five there maybe Halifax as well so four from that six there uh, I'd say Lee, the thing is with Lee they played a lot of home games as well mm. I think they've got quite a lot of away games to go to So, but the farm that they're on at the moment you'd expect them to, to get in the four yeah so that was our review looking at the defeat against Lee um, last week and now we're going to be looking at all the news coming out of South Red Devils So we'll start this uh, the news segment which is sad news about Sam Boardman who, who passed away at Parlour Club Stalwart um, and us at the podcast sends our thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Yeah, deepest condolences to, to, to Sam's family. That was really sad news coming out of the club. That I know he's very highly thought of by of many people, many supporters and ex-players as well. I saw some stuff, some nice comments from Alan Hunt and, and Andy Burgess on, on the social media. So yeah, it's really sad news and uh, you know, God bless. Yeah. Um, Better news coming out of the club. Uh, the Magic Weekend uh, shirts are being uh, sent out to the people who've bought them. A lot of people modelling them on, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, it's great. We're going to have a, a sea of yellow uh, at the uh, Newcastle on uh, Sunday. It's a nice shirt. I've just been looking at all the shirts in the, in the Rugby League Express for, for the weekend. I think there's only Wigan, miserable buggers, who are not wearing a, who are not wearing a new shirt. They're just going with their traditional one. But some of them look a bit odd. I think Wakefield's like a pair of pyjamas. It's got like Spider-Man on. So, uh, but I think... You know, joking aside, I think they're all for a good for good cause, aren't they? They're all for charities. I know St. Helens have got like a pinkish one. I think that's for uh, for a certain charity. You know, forgive me if I don't know the charities, but they're all for good causes, aren't they? Especially the Salford one for the for the, the tragedy and the, the atrocities of that Manchester bomb, which is terrible. Which will be be the anniversary, won't it, coming up this weekend or next? I think it's next Tuesday, I think, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah, it's all for a great cause and it looks nice as well, Rob. Yeah, it does, and a lot of people buying it, uh, and it's great extra bit of funding for the club as well. Uh, you know, generating income for the club, and hopefully, you know, the club can use that to to go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, certainly, certainly, and uh, you know, obviously, it's going to uh, going to raise some money for for the bomb victims, I think, as well, isn't it? And uh, and that's all that's all good. And I think it's it's vital. We had Steve Myers on from Swinton, didn't we, on on Sports Zone tonight, and um, he was saying that, and he made a good point that you know it's crucial that. 
you know, you get behind your communities. And I think that's a really good thing to say that, you know, you get behind the communities and, and we all work together because, you know, Salford and Swinton, we've, we've got a lot of people there behind us, haven't we? And uh, we need to grow. Yeah, we keep mentioning sports on a couple of times on the show this week. It's, it's our other uh, sports show, which is on uh, Salford City Radio on a Tuesday, 7 till 8. Uh, so you can tune in live from now on and uh, listen to me and Paul talk rugby and football and all kinds of sports in the city of Salford, which is always a good thing. It certainly is. Salford get plenty of airtime, oh, don't we? Yeah. And Swinton, and Swinton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Swinton have become our second team, haven't they? But keep that quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Uh, yeah, other news as well. Uh, Salford Devils break medical grounds, becoming the first British rugby league club to use science nights over training tests, Paul. Basically, it's kind of a test uh, to keep the, you know, to make sure the players have like hydrated correctly um, and aren't fatigued and things like that. And it's, it's medical science, which is going to, you know, move you forward and, and keep you going. And, you know, I think it's a good thing. Certainly is. I mean, you look at the players these days now, they, they're big athletes, aren't they? And they need looking after as best as possible. I mean, I can't remember who it was who described them as like racehorses a few years ago to me, you know, like, you know, I think it might have been you. <laughs> I think it was you, yeah. I remember, I, something clicked to me brain then, yeah, I'm sure you like thoroughbred racehorses. And, and in a way, you've got a point, you're right. And, and if you're going to compete at the top level, you've only got to look at what they go through. And when we speak to what, or when you speak to the players, they tell you about, oh, we're going doing this rehab and all that. And I always wondered what the hell it was, you know, recovery, where they go swimming and things like that. But you've got to do, I mean, you've got to look after your body because it's a, such a physical sport now with the size of the players and things like that. You, you know, things like all this medical stuff, it's, uh, it's great. I'm just glad you didn't say some clown mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd heard it somewhere before. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. Obviously, you know, I'm sure, you know, the backroom staff are going to be, you know, using that to its maximum potential, especially, you know, with the games to come and, and the, the smaller squad. I think it's important, uh, you know, the science behind the, the, the physical stuff is, is, you know, good and hopefully can develop uh, even more. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't very good at science at school, no. Rob, so uh, I'll leave it to the I'll experts. Leave it to them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of the other bits of news, uh, Magic Weekend tickets are still available. I think they're going back, is it Thursday? Something like that, Friday, Thursday or Friday? It's today, I think, Is it Rob? today? Uh, I'm sure it's either today or tomorrow. I read something on, I've been a bit busy at work today, so I've not really been online to have a look at anything, but I'm sure it was today. And we're there recording we this Tuesday evening, aren't we? Yeah, all reserved tickets in the East Stand and Milburn Stand for the Massa Magic Weekend will return tomorrow. Tomorrow, so, so that's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, so if you're listening um, to this Wednesday, they will gone back, won't they? Yeah, so get yourselves down. Unreceived, sir, un- unreserved seating in the Galloway. Gallagher. Gallagher. That's behind the goals, that. Yeah, we remain yeah. on sale, so... Obviously, tickets are still going to be available uh, for the people going down and going go, up to Newcastle. They're going fast as well. I, I called in. When did I call them? What are we on now? Is it Tuesday today? Sunday. I popped down on Sunday to the to the stadium and uh, just nipped in and, and got a couple of tickets there for, for my dad and, and what have you. So, uh, and the guy behind the counter was, was telling me there's, there's, there's loads gone. They've, they've sold out of two allocations. So, really big following going there. They sold loads for that Gallagate end. The Jackie Milburn stand on the side. There's some seats in there as well. So, it's a, it's a brilliant ground, that, that St. James's Park, isn't it? Excellent ground. Should be a great atmosphere, and you know we're first on as well, which is nice. We don't have to hang about. We can uh, in and out, have a, in, like the SAS, yeah, in and out, and get the two points. <laughs> well, I say Magic Weekend is a great concept. So all the fans comes together uh, for a festival of rugby league. I would prefer us on earlier than having to sit. The through. weather looks good as well, yeah. Rob. It was last season. It was an excellent day out, and it's it's a ground that's in the in the city centre. So if you're in two minds about going, I know it's on Sky, but you know, get yourself up there. You can have an excellent day out and uh, and watch Salford win. Yeah, other news as well. Uh, there's still uh, hospitality tickets for the Huddersfield game still available, Paul. Um, you know, some great stuff going on in that hospitality lounge, and I'm sure you know fans, if they've got the extra bit of money, might want to get involved in that. 
Yeah, certainly it's been a good atmosphere. They've had um, a, few, a few acts on, haven't they, this season? Singer on and uh, some lady from Coronation Street was on. They've had a comedian there, haven't they, a few times. The, the lad off uh, Phoenix, that's, I can't remember his name. But there's been some good stuff going on up there. So uh, wasn't Johnny Vegas there a few weeks ago he when we played St. Helens? Yeah, I believe. So he upset a few of the Solvers supporters, <laughs> I believe, didn't he, with his uh, St. Helens comedy. But uh, we'll forgive him for that. But yeah, if you can get to that, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. Um, other news as well. Uh, talk about the supporters trust now. Uh, they've announced a new bus uh, route going from Wharton uh, through Boothstown up to the up to the ground. You know, extra buses on extra routes expands the range of of being able to get out to the people outside our bubble uh, and bring them to the game. Of course, it does, and I think that's a big hats off to the supporters trust and the people who who do that. I mean, how many other clubs have got? Groups of fans, supporters, doing things like that for their club. I can't think of many, you know, Rob. I don't think, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but for the for the small army of supporters that we have got that's growing all the time, hopefully, I think it's excellent and it's excellent work and it just shows you how hard they've worked to get that first bus on and now, now a second bus as well. It's only good that it's going in the right direction and growing. Yeah, I think uh, the uh, Trust Salford um, sent a picture, didn't they, of all the different locations on where... Salford supporters uh, well, season tickets. Not that. me, no, oh, right. no. Um, and that was pretty impressive, I thought as well, because you could you got to sort of map out where the hot spots are and, and where the not so hot spots are, and you could target, you know, mail, mail drops or, or advertising in, in the other areas. Uh, and I thought that was very impressive. That yeah, it certainly wasn't. It, it, I remember seeing that, and I think the one you did was it the listeners of the podcast. You yeah, did. you were telling me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get confused me <laughs> with these computer things. But yeah, it was. It was. It was good, and it did show you though the you know the, the that vast map of you know the, the supporters all over sort of the northwest really, in the Bolton, Thameside, Rochdale, Berry, Bolton. You know it, it, this side of Manchester, Trafford as well. It's a huge area, Greater Manchester, isn't it? Where where we are. Um, and there's a, there's a, I can't remember who was telling me. I think it was Ian Please was telling me about the uh, the work that they're doing. Well, I don't want to steal his thunder, but it's Hopwood College in Rochdale. I think they do have, have close links with the, the the campus in Middleton there. So you know, there's some hot prospects coming through there. If you can tap into that area in uh, sort of North Manchester, you know, that's uh, that's all good. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Obviously, the club are, are planning on on the, hopefully doing that, Paul. And you know, the more you know, interest we can generate outside our, our you know. Let's call it bubble, like we like like to call it. Like you call it every week. Like every week, yeah. <laughs> you know, more interest outside there, the more people will come, and the the bigger the club grows. But obviously, the club's got to do their their bit by winning a lot, uh, and obviously offering you know these new fans a, a good deal to entice them in, and then hopefully it grows and grows and grows, and suddenly ten thousand fans turn up. Hope so, mate. Hope so. We hope so. Uh, other news: um, the supporters just have an event on on Monday, the twenty first of May. Josh Wood and Ian Blees are, are, are going to Wharton Legion uh, for a questions and answers session, uh, which it sounds sounds like a great night. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, they've put some good events on this this season. I trust the last one was the Seven Brothers Brewery a few weeks yeah, ago. We went to that. It was a good. That was a good event, and uh, they had the AGM. There's not been lo- loads of meetings, so it's nice when everyone gets together and you know we all get in the same room and it'd be good to speak to, to Josh Wood. I know Ian's going to be talking about. I won't. I don't want to say what Ian's going to be talking about. Player development, oh, things like okay, just yeah. think, just things that are happening. And I think with being question and answers, you can you be able to ask Ian Ian things on the night, won't you? And I'm sure the supporters will have questions to ask both Josh and Ian. Yeah, I think it's going to be well worth. 
getting yourself down to water mm-hmm. and for what Ian Lee has asked Scott to say because you know it could be a game changer if if it comes off Paul and you know. It must be. It's a tough job, and Ian Bleed has got there, obviously with juggling the, you know, running the club and, and trying to, you know, uh, you know, get the players in and out or whatever. And it's it's a difficult job, and he's he's got lots of fingers in lots of pies. Um, but you just kind of hoping that you know one pie will be Bernie's fingers, and we'll get a player soon. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, there was there was something, there was stories in the media and the press today, wasn't there, uh, linking us to Mason Kitten Brown, I think it was, but we don't do rumours on the podcast, do we, Rob? It was just paper talk, I think, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. It was, uh, we had the news about Manu Vatavai, didn't we? He's not going to be staying mm. staying next season. He's he's going to be going. That's a real shame, that, Rob, because he came and with a big reputation and he's been so unlucky with the injury as well, hasn't he? And that's been another blow for Ian this season with the with losing Chris Bryan as well. I mean, we should mention Chris because he's had surgery now, hasn't he, on his... Uh, on his on his neck where he's had that, that disc problem in his neck and I'd just like to, to wish Chris all the best and hopefully he's going to recover soon because he's he's had a torrid time with that injury. Yeah, obviously, you know, in the League Express they, they've got a published players that are out of contract at the end of the season. Uh, we've all kind of seen them and we're hoping that, you know, these players will want to stay at the club and, and they'll be able to put in big performances and try and convince Ian Watson and Ian Blees to give them another opportunity uh, for 2019. Certainly, it's very interesting that out of contract list if you've uh, if you've not seen it. We'll have to screenshot it, Rob, and put it on the, uh, the yeah. Devil in the Detail page so everyone can have a look at it. But looking at the other side, there's, there's some... some um, some handy players, isn't there, that's mm. going to be getting released from sort of Warrington Wolves. You've got Declan Patton there, he's a good player. A couple of players at Wigan, Dominic Manfredi and Liam Forsyth. Those two the two wingers, aren't they? They're, they're decent players, them two. So uh, Dominic Peru at St. Helens, uh, John Wilkin. Mm. I was thinking to myself, um, who was it? Uh, Alex Tom, Gerrard. And Tom from, Gilmore as well, yeah. yeah Alex Gerrard, he's also quite useful. Mason Caton Brown at Wakefield, as we just mentioned, mm. Mason before. He's he's Ryan Hampshire. He's a clever player at Wakefield. So there's some decent players there, isn't there? Yeah, there's there's a few to to keep your eyes open for. I'm sure Ian Watson will be sending his. Do they have scouts? I've always wondered that. I wonder if they have like people that go and watch. They used to do scouts, didn't they? Yeah. I remember talking to, to Alan Grice a while ago. He used to scout. I think Alan actually scouted Stuart Lillow when he he came. Mm. So. Uh, it's definitely something they need to get. <laughs> they don't have, them. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure they'll be they'll be having a look down the list and, and trying these players out, and you know, you know, we'll get you know announcements on that later on in the season. So that was all the news coming out of the Salford Red Devils uh, this week. Next up on the Devil in Detail, uh, we've got Paul Whiteside's amateur report where he looks at the results and fixtures of our, our local sides. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. We shall start off with the National Conference League this week, as usual. Rochdale Mayfield had a good win. They beat uh, Normanton Knights by 32 points to 22. Good result, Mayfield. Still third bottom in the table. Normanton Knights sort of mid-table, so that was a good result that on uh, on Saturday. They're trailing 14 points to six at half-time, so a really good comeback in the second half. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers 29, Dewsbury Moor Maroons 16. In Division 3, Eastmoor Dragons 36, Oldham St Anne's 24. And Salford Roosters went down at home to Gateshead Storm by 44 points to 14. The fixtures for this weekend... There's only two, with it being the Magic Weekend, quite a few of the games are not on this weekend. But Rochdale Mayfield at home to Wigan St. Pat's in the Premier Division. That's a Saturday half two kickoff. And there's just one fixture in Division 2 with our local side. Saddleworth Rangers travel away to Crossfields. Moving on to the North West Men's League. 
On Friday night, the action got underway in Division 1. Lee Minor Rangers A4, Rochdale Mayfield A50. So, great result there in that game for Rochdale Mayfield. In the Premier Division on Saturday, the 12th of May, it was Stato Heath Crusaders A72, Folly Lane 22. In Division 2, Charlie Panthers 22, Manchester Rangers 24, Wigan St Cuthbert's 24, Oldham St Anne's A24. And in Division 3, Burton Woodbridge 62, Rochdale Cobras 12, West Hart and Lions 44, Crossfields A10 and the Wigan Bulldogs 12. Fantastic win here for Langwith Reds, 52. 52-12 away from home at Wigan Bulldogs, great result for Langwith Reds in their season. Uh, keeps getting better, they've had some cracking results this season. In Division 4, Garswood Stags 10, another good win for Caddy Z, they won 22-10 at Garswood Stags, great result there. In Division 5, Bolton Mets 64, Berry Broncos A14, Higginshaw 18, Wigan Springview A40. And there's one result in the Merit League to bring it up with Ashton Underline 14, Goulburn Parkside 32. Got a bit of amateur news for you now. The New Zealand students will open a three-match tour of England on Wednesday the 16th of May with a game with a 2pm kickoff. The Kiwis will then meet England universities on Saturday the 19th of May in a curtain raiser to the championship clash between Featherstone Rovers and Lee Centurions at the LD Nutrition Stadium or Post Office Road for our older listeners. And seven days later, England and New Zealand will again square up, this time at Kingston Park, Newcastle. That game will start 4pm as the closing match of a triple header also involving games between Gateshead Storm and Edinburgh Eagles, which is at noon and the Cramlington Rockets against Strathmere Silverbacks. England Universities, meanwhile, have one fixture lined up ahead of the student Four Nations in July. Keith Lacougar's reserve will provide the opposition on the 27th of June in repeat of last year's successful initiative. That England University squad, there's a couple of local players in that. Aaron Hall of Bolton University and Connor McCallum of Manchester Met. We wish them all the best in those uh, in those fixtures in the coming weeks. Uh, the Bala Great Britain squad that will tour Fiji towards the end of the year and which will be coached by Lee Riantoul of York Acorn and Gary Hewer of Distington has been confirmed there's a couple of Dale Mayfield and that A.D. Gleeson and Declan Sheridan congratulations to them have a fantastic tour Jimmy Aspinall has been appointed as manager of the trip which will take place during November Aspinall has previously managed tours by both Great Britain and England Community Lions and has also enjoyed many years as an administrator within Trolls British we wish all our amateur players on their tours and in their games all the very best of luck Right, we'll take a look at the Northwest Youth Leagues now. Not so many games were played last weekend. There's no fixtures, of course, this coming weekend because of the Magic Weekend. But here are the results we have got. In the under-18s, Division 1, Crossfields 22, Oldham St. Anne's 20. In the under-16s, Lancashire and Northwest Youth Cup, it was Folly Lane 6, Halton Farm with Hornets 24. In the under-16s, Division 1, Crossfields 22, Oldham St. Anne's 20. In the Northwest Plate, under-16s, it was Salford Roosters 16, Rochdale 24, Waterhead 44, West Horton Lions 20 and Wigan St Cuthbert's 12, Langwithy Reds 8. Well, as we well know, it was Challenge Cup weekend last weekend. I'll give you the results and we'll confirm the draw for that shortly. Just one final bit of amateur news here that might interest some of our amateur players who have that extra bit of flair. They can earn a training session from their for their club with the England coaching staff and Super League players throughout the 2018 Dacia Fair Play Awards. Last year, Cottingham Tigers, Crossfields, Pilkington Rex and Siddle enjoyed visits from Rugby League's biggest stars. And this summer, a panel of judges comprising Paul Schoolfop, Kevin Simfield, Sam Tompkins and Callum Watkins will decide which players variations of basic flick and kick moves are most deserving of the reward entrants after starting with the ball in a stationary position must flick it up finishing their move by kicking the ball points 
though, will be scored through the players adding their own special flair to the move. The winners' respective clubs, as chosen by Dutch's panel of judges, will then host open training sessions led by the players and coaches from one of the 12 Super League clubs and England Performance Unit. And Dacia will, in addition, provide each of the winning clubs with training equipment and auction items. Entrants can be submitted by uploading their versions of their flick and kick to Dacia's Facebook page or via Twitter or Instagram by tagging in at Dacia. Well, finally this week, we'll finish off with the Challenge Cup results and the draw. I know it's not amateur news, but I always like to give the Challenge Cup a good mention, even though Salford crashed out on, on Friday night at least. Insurance. But yeah, all the scores from round six at the weekend. Casford Tigers 18, St. Helens 36, Catalan Dragons 56, Whitehaven 10, Featherstone 20, Hull FC 38, Huddersfield Giants 24, Wakefield Trinity 14, Hull Kingston Rovers 10, Wigan Warriors 28, Lee Centurions 22, Salford Red Devils 10, Toronto Wolfpack 10, Warrington Wolves 66, and Witness Vikings 20, Leeds Rhinos 23. So the quarter-final draw was made yesterday afternoon. Well, I'm recording this Monday, so it was Sunday afternoon. The ties will take place over the weekend of the 31st of May to the 3rd of June, with two games to be shown live on the BBC, and I think two is going to be on Sky Sports. The quarter-final draw is St. Helens against Hull FC, Leeds Rhinos against Lee Centurions, Huddersfield Giants against Catalan Dragons, and Warrington Wolves against the Wigan Warriors. Don't forget, Salford, a magic weekend action this coming Sunday, and it's a one o'clock kickoff at St James's Park in Newcastle. I shall see you there. So that was Paul's amateur report uh, talking about the fixtures and results for our local sides. And next up on the Devil in Detail, we're going to look at the Magic Weekend with me and Paul talking about the Catalan game. So, so Red Devils travel up to Newcastle to face the Catalan Dragons, Paul. Massive game for Salford um, in that battle uh, to avoid the bottom four. In the context of the season it is now and, and Catalan seem to have, I won't say hit a bit of form, but they've, they've shown signs of improvements in the last few weeks. Signing Josh Drinkwater, the, the lad who was at Lee last season, I think he's been a big... A big signing for them. He he's turned things round, hasn't he? He's been that leader that they're lacking. A very similar sort of player to Michael Dobson, and I think he's that one of the links they've been missing. And they had a good win against uh, I don't know, against Whitehaven. No disrespect to Whitehaven at the weekend, but before that, as I said before, they they seem to have been turned in a corner. I think we're going to have a, a tough game on our hands against uh, against them on Sunday. Yeah, Steve Magnamara was under a lot of pressure early on the season. Like you said, he seems to have, uh, have found the magic again. And you know, you're hoping you know Ian Watts can do the set do the same and uh, turn it around. Yeah, they got some tricky players. Jody Broughton scored a hat trick against Whitehaven on uh, on the, on Sunday, I think it was, or Saturday, sorry. So he's a, he's a player to watch out for. And as, as I said, Josh Drinkwater, the uh, the scrum half, good player. They've got some decent signings though that they made in the close season. Michael McLaurin's there. Sam Mower, remember him played at Hull. Mm. Good player. They've got they've got a fearsome pack. They've got a really good tough pack of forwards. And we all know about Tony Gigo. He can be an excellent player on his on his day, or he can be a really poor player. He's one of those sort of it depends what sort of mood he's in, but they've definitely got some match winners on there and uh, some big game players. Well, looking like for like on the I ask squad to their squad, Paul, I don't think we've got anything to, anything to be worried about. Our forwards is a bit, are as big and as mean as theirs, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, I think so, Rob. I think if we play to our potential, we, we should beat them easily. We beat, we beat them comfortably on Good Friday, didn't we, at Salford? So we play to our potential and we're all firing them. The creativity 
from Salford is 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 the one thing we've got to go for. I mean, defensive wise, we've been pretty good this season. Uh, you know, apart from apart from recent weeks at Wigan against St. Helens. Um, so if we can get the creativity right and, and score points, I don't think we'll have a problem. Yeah, give us your score prediction for the game against the uh, Catalan Dragons. Have you wrote it down? Or I've done a few predictions. I've done them all on the back of my oh, league express. Has, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was showing Steve Do you, you want to go through them all just so we yeah, can okay. have a have a cheeky discussion about that? The magic ones or all of them? Uh, yeah, magic ones. The magic ones. Yeah, on the Saturday, St. Helens against Widnes. I've gone uh, St. Helens thirty-four, Widnes twelve. Yeah, it's a fair result. I think Saints will beat Widnes. Yeah, uh, Warrington against Wigan. I've gone a sixteen-all draw. Mm, for me, Wigan by. Four. Good form, Warrington, aren't they? Yeah, but Wigan are Wigan in the big occasion. Uh, Casford Leeds. I've gone for a Cass win. Mm. I think Leeds have been struggling for form of late. Uh, you look at the table, they're only five points in front of us. So I've gone for a 24 14 win to Cass. Yeah, Cass above Leeds in the t- in the table, like you said. Um, yeah, possible. But I think so without Luke Gale. That could be a problem for them. Yeah, they looked a bit rudderless, didn't they, against uh, St. Helens in the Challenge Cup the week just gone. I've also, uh, there's another game, isn't there, on St. James Park on the Saturday? The 12.45 kickoff between Toronto and Toulouse. They're playing that there. I don't, I'm not sure why, because it's not a Super League game. But I've gone for a Toronto win, 22-18, and I think that'll be a tight game. No, Toronto will have a Toulouse. You think so? Yeah. You don't like Toulouse, do you? <laughs> well, I, I went to watch them against Swindon. The second top in a championship. No, they must be hard, these. No, no, Toulouse. Uh, Toronto will put right, Sunday. Sunday, one o'clock kickoff Salford. I've gone Catalan eighteen, Salford twenty four. Mm. Uh, I'm going to wait till you've done yours before you talk to mine. All right, okay. <laughs> uh, oh, Huddersfield against Wakefield. I've gone Huddersfield eighteen, Wakefield nineteen. I know this is a. Re- I mean, these these two sides played each other in the cup last weekend, and Huddersfield had the edge twenty four fourteen. But I think Wakefield will come out on top of this one in a close game. And I've gone Hull Derby. I might be a bit controversial, but I've gone for a Hull KR win. I think Hull have got a few injuries. They've picked up quite a few injuries. And they, on about you know Kirk Yeeman, their old centre, mm. he's on about coming out of retirement and they to play in that game. So I think they're. Um, I just fancy Hull Care nineteen ten. I've gone for no. Oh, he's shaking his head. Here. No, I've, I've gone. Egg. Yeah, I've gone the other way. Well, I've gone Wakefield uh, will beat Huddersfield by ten, okay. and Hull FC will beat Hull Care by twenty. Right. I think. Catalan Salford. Catalan Salford. I think Salford will come out victorious. It will be Salford 20, Catalan 6. Mm-hmm. 26, on, and all smiles are back, are back in the game. So you Saturday games, then? Saturday games. Uh, I said Saturday games. Did you? Yeah, Saints, did. And Saints and Witness. Um, yeah, I've gone for, for Saints on that one, uh, like you did, and Wigan will beat Warrington. And I think uh, Leeds will beat Cass. So you go and revert right. We should uh, we should top these up, shouldn't we? Should we should really, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all, with the uh, three word match. Then you can put. buy me a meal at the end of the season, <laughs> then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm edging ever closer to that, Neil. I've got a feeling. I can almost taste it, Paul. That's what do you think of the championship? I know we're referring back to Sports Zone again, but we had a good chat with Steve about that before. And we were saying how, how tough our neighbours, uh, Swinton, were doing it in that league, you know, being part time players. It's a tough league, isn't it? I mean, did you watch the Toronto game against Warrington at the weekend? I did, I did. And you I didn't, didn't see it. Oh, I, 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 I've, I've seen the clip of Ben Thaler in yeah. there. I mean, to me, that guy should get banned. A lot of people talk about referees and, and losing control, but Ben Thaler. Yeah, he did a great was, job. was amazing. I, I thought. Toronto were out of order. Lots of late shots and lots of thuggery going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ben and Ben Fahler, 
sort of stamped it out, said, we're not having this, this is not happening. And, you know, if you're betting players put in the bin, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect your performance. I think if Toronto don't get all um, aggressive and, and start losing their heads and start getting people simbined, they'd be Warrington there. Because at half-time, it, well, two minutes before half-time, it was nip and tuck. Mm-hmm. But until, until, you know, they lost a player. And then, obviously, Warrington took advantage of that. But, you know, Ben Failer for me, did he go to and he's a nice game as well. We spoke to him a few times, haven't we? We've seen him coming out of the ground. He was video ref at the Salford League game on Friday night. And yeah, I think he refereed it excellently. I mean, you can't talk to referees like that. I mean, that I don't I can't remember that standoff's name now, and he was having a pop at him there. And in the end, Ben Fairley said, Right, no, I'm not listening to this. You know, get off. And that's right. I mean, the referee is in charge. You've got to respect the referee. And I don't I've got nothing against Toronto. I know a lot of people say, Oh, they this or that, the other, you know, Canadians this and we're not doing this in the Islands and a lot of people have got a grudge against them, haven't they? And we've read stuff in the press and this, that and the other. But nothing against them. But when they came to Salford last season, I think they had that sort of tactics in them. Then is it a Paul Rowley thing? Lee turned to play a bit like that under Rowley, didn't they? And I've got nothing against Paul Rowley, but to me, you can't play the game like that. They don't. They don't need to resort to that. They've got good they've enough got players, talent, haven't they? They've yeah. got the players, haven't they? Exactly. They've got good enough players to to to, to you know to worry teams. So. Do you think they let themselves down a bit on yeah. Sunday? Yeah, I think they did. I think you know if they if they keep the discipline, they beat Warrington. I think, mm. but unfortunately, it didn't happen. They lost their heads, and the result went the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's the end of this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. Another great show, Paul. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it, mate. Really enjoyed it. Really excited for, uh, you know, it's an early start, isn't it? Road trip to Newcastle on Sunday. One o'clock kick. I'm going to have to sit up there, really. But yeah, I'm really excited and hopefully uh, I'll have some nice things to report. Yeah. <laughs> take me a ticket, take a deep breath before your full-time match report this week. <laughs> Get yeah. all angry. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. He says no. to me, I'm doing, the th- I'm doing the final match report. I was like, okay, I Paul. It, I had to get it off my chest, <laughs> didn't I? But no, I'm, I'm sure we'll have a response this week and... Uh, We'll have some better news to report. Yeah, so big thanks for tuning to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.